Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for August 7th, 2011. And now we're going to segue off the Super Congress that was essentially devoted to all of Part 1. And we're going to look at this Norway shooter. And uh, I kind of waited to do a study on this as well, just to kind of let a lot of the information come in. Because a lot of times if you just do a study right away, you don't have the full picture. The first part of the study is entitled, Who Added Christian and Conservative to the Norway Shooter's Facebook page yesterday? Uh, this is from Saturday, July 23rd. While the leftist and Islamic supremacist ghouls rushed to portray Norway mass murder Anders Bering Blyvik, I don't know how you pronounce his name, as a Christian, and even as an anti-jihadist, the unanswered questions multiply. Number one, why did a jihad group take credit for the atrocities and then retract? Did you know that? Actually, the an Islamic group, jihad means holy war in Islam, took credit for the atrocities, and then they retracted. It was even on one of the um, tabloids for Norway. I saw the actual cover of it, that they actually took credit right at the beginning. And then they retracted. I mean, come on, they're going to know if... if they did something. You know, well, anyway. And who altered the murderer's Facebook page? Yesterday, at the time that his name was released, his Facebook page looked like this. And again, we've got the um, actual Facebook page of this Anders Bering Breivik, okay, the, the Norway shooter, okay, we're looking at his Facebook page. And at the time of the shooting, it looked like this. Now, obviously, you can't see it, but you can log on to ContendingForTruth.com, click on the PDF for, for uh, August 7, 2011, and go to page 13. Probably a good page for it, the number of rebellion. Anyway, um, we're looking at his Facebook page, a, a screenshot, a saved screenshot, and you're looking at um, his interests and things of this nature, what his interests are, his um, films he likes, stuff like that. Okay, don't say anything about Christianity um, at all on here whatsoever. He likes like True Blood, Dexter. I mean that about that serial killer guy that goes around killing people. That serious. Um, he likes World of Warcraft. You know these are like his interests. World of Warcraft, really satanic game. And then, but shortly thereafter. This screenshot started circulating on the internet of an altered Facebook page on which Breivik identified himself as a Christian and a conservative. Yeah. And so here's the updated, and now it's in English, and all of a sudden, he found religion. It says his philosophy is Christian. Religious views, Christian. It did not say that in the... Norwegian Facebook page that was on at this time of his shooting. But right after this, all of a sudden, this new Facebook page starts circulating. Could it be the Illuminati's plan and ploy to demonize Christians? I mean, the Muslims can go around and just destroy, slaughter, mass murder, do whatever they want to do, and we can't say anything about them because it's not politically correct. They're a religion of peace. You know, they can commit all manner of atrocities, but that's okay, you know, because they, they, they deserve a pass. 
So now what we're seeing is the demonization of suppose, and this guy's not a Christian, and we're going to prove that. He wasn't even a Christian at all. And now all of a sudden his political views change to conservative. You know, um, now all these things, it's a totally altered page. It looks totally different than, um, I mean, some of it's the same, but a lot of it's totally different. So, did he pause from his murder spree to add Christian and conservative to his Facebook profile? He paused he, from, from a shooting spree, and he, he went, you know, he logged into his Facebook account and made sure he changed that. Then he continued the shooting spree. That makes sense to me. I don't know about you, but I, I'm sold. Uh, or maybe the whole page is a total fake, as it has been reported here, and there's a link there as well. But it, in any case, who faked it and why? So why? Who is so anxious to per, portray Breivik as a Christian and conservative? I'm sorry if I'm butchering his name, but I didn't really watch any mainstream news ports about the guy. I've actually went off what um, these written articles about him. And if it is fake, can we trust any of the material that is now being released about Breivik being anti-jihad? So, oh, he's, he's, he's anti-jihad. Oh, how terrible that would be. Anti-Muslim holy war? I mean, what's this world coming to? We need to just let the Muslims do whatever they want to us. I mean, it says in the Quran that to slay and kill all the infidels, to, to behead those that do not, you know, um, give themselves over to Allah... The moon god. That would be terrible if we were anti-jihad. And that wonderful religion of peace. I mean, what's this world coming to? Next article. Helpers of global jihad claim and then disclaims responsibility for the Oslo blast. Youth camp shooting. Now, Will McCants has this. Quote, Helpers of global jihad now say its claim is not the official claim that it took credit for all these Norway shootings, and has nothing to do with the operation. Um, and then it says to wait for the official claim. Oh, I'll be waiting on pins and needles and with bated breath. You know, what, what are the helpers of Global Jihad going to say? Is there a role in this? I mean, you know, I'm sure we'll get the truth. You know, they're honorable in all things, even though the, the Quran says you can deceive and whatever, as long as it's done in the name of Allah to advance the agenda of Islam. And I mean, they're perfectly, you know, they can lie there, they can lie like a rug in order to advance Islam. From the Telegraph news feed, we read, William McCants now says that Anar al-Jihad al-Alami, why can't I have a name like that? You know, what is wrong with me? I want a really long, gigantically drawn-out, crazy name like that. I mean, I don't know, like Boutros Boutros Uffnagel, or Aloysius Spoonchuckle. Some name of quality. Scott Johnson's just way too boring. I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm sick of my name. Anyway, um, yeah, Ansar Al-Jihad Al-Alami, again, that's a real name, of the helpers of the global jihad, seem to make a claim of responsibility. They claim it is in response to the occupation, in other words, these Norwegian attacks are in response to the occupation of Afghanistan and the insults to the Prophet Muhammad. You mean that child pedophile devil from the pit of hell that was kind of credited with starting Islam? Who had a child-wide bribe that he took, bribe that he took at, I believe, the age of three years old, Aisha? and supposedly consummated the marriage when she was nine, and that's what he admitted to? 
Or maybe she was six when he when he wed her. When he took her to and then he consummated the marriage at nine. Yeah, that same pedophile devil, Mohammed, from the pit of hell. But that's why they're saying maybe this this Norwegian attack happened. Um, and then it has come via Shimuk, an elite jihad forum. McCant translate, McCants translates part of this message from the forum. He says, quote, We have warned since Stockholm raid of more operations. Now, they've already warned that they were going to do something, evidently, in that area, in that region. So we have warned since the Stockholm raid of more operations and we have demanded that the countries of Europe withdraw from the land of Afghanistan and end end their war on Islam and Muslims. Uh, What you see is only the beginning and there's more to come. So in, in other words, they're taking responsibility for it. And then they retract that. How convenient. It's just, you know, it's just garbage. It's, it's lies and garbage is what we're dealing with here. You can't trust anything that the mainstream media is putting out. Next article, Norway's mass killer copied the Unabomber, word for word, Ted Kaczynski, in his manifesto, because he wrote this gigantic, you know, his views on whatever, on life and religion and politics and whatever is, I don't know, over a thousand pages this guy wrote. And as a known victim of the CIA, um, oh, Ted Kaczynski, Ted Kaczynski, who is a known victim of CIA mind control experiments. Well, anyway, I'll just read this. Anders Byring Breivik was thought to have worked nine years of his so-called manifesto. Um, now it turns out, he, it was, it, it, in other words, it took him nine years to write this manifesto, this worthless piece of garbage that was just his opinion about whatever you know, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, who can know it? Well, that's where he wrote from. That was the perspective Bryavik wrote from. His heart. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs fourteen twelve and sixteen twenty-five. So, that's that was the perspective that he wrote his manifesto. Now it turns out that large parts of the script are total plagiarism. Copied verbatim from a known American terrorist. The site, um, document.no, had, as Sunday reveals, that some of Breivik's book called the two, 2083, A European Declaration of Independence, is straight out of the so-called Unabomber's Manifesto, Ted Kaczynski. While Breivik... Um, in several places in the text, is careful to cite external sources. Theodore Kaczynski, the known, known as the Unabomber, is not even mentioned once. And I'll give you a link here. You can read more about that. I don't want to say anything more about that. And then here, I, we post a picture of Time Magazine, and it's got Ted Kaczynski, and it says, Odyssey of a Mad Genius. Theodore Ted Kaczynski, a.k.a. the Unabomber, was a volunteer in LSD mind control experiments sponsored by the CIA. It turns out that Theodore Kaczynski, a.k.a. the Unabomber, was a, voluntary, was a volunteer in mind control experiments sponsored by the CIA at Harvard in the late 1950s and the early 60s. In other words, this guy's plagiarizing large portions of Ted Kaczynski's uh, writings in his manifesto. And in other words, there's a, probably a pretty good likelihood that this guy has also is possibly some type of CIA mind control slave. He's a scapegoat, whatever. Okay, 
He was triggered. Uh, whatever programming that was programmed into him was triggered, and he went off and went on this killing spree. And then he's labeled as a Christian conservative, so that the demonization of Christian conservatives can, can, can occur and come about quicker. Michael Mello, author of the recent published book, The United States of America versus Theodore John Kaczynski, notes that at some point in his Harvard years, 1958 to 1962, Kaczynski agreed to be the subject of a psychological experiment. Hmm, Harvard, same place Obama went. Anyway, um, Kaczynski agreed to be the subject of a psychological experiment. Mello identifies the chief researcher for these, for these only as a lieutenant colonel in World War II, working for the CIA's predecessor organization, the Office of Strategic Services. In fact, the man experimenting on young Kaczynski was Dr. Henry Murray, who died in 1988. So, in other words, there may be a link there, obviously, between the CIA, Ted Kaczynski, he, you know, it's there. Uh, another email uh, listener sent me, and I, I saw this as well, uh, but it says, um, he wrote me, he says, Scott just keeps getting better. This is a picture of Breivik in Freemasonic gear. So he was a Freemason, but also... He called himself a gesticular knight commander in the Freemasons. And it shows him here in his Freemasonic gear, picture of him. He's got the whole apron on. The, the apron, they believe, is when they enter the great celestial lodge in the sky. And I'm not making this stuff up. They believe that they that this lambskin apron is what will grant them entrance into the great celestial lodge in the sky. Whereas it's a blasphemous knockoff of the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, the Lord Jesus Christ, it's a like a blasphemous knockoff of that. It's their version of how they're going to get in heaven as a Freemason. And, and it is a blasphemous version. It's, it's not lambskin for no reason. Um, anyway, he's wearing his, his full Freemasonic regalia in this picture. And... Breivik, in his personal manifesto, calls himself a gesticular knight commander in the Freemasons, claims that in 2008 there are anywhere from 15 to 80 others with his rank in the group in Western Europe alone. Breivik says the Knights Templar organization, heir to the famed group of Crusades-era Christian knights, right, they weren't Christians, but it was resurrected in 2002 in London by representatives of several European countries to, quote, seize political and military control of Western European multiculturalist regimes. On his Facebook page, Breivik describes himself as a fan of shoot-em-up video games like Modern Warfare 2, as well as the epic fantasy epic World of Warcraft. He claims on the page to be a fan of the sappy HBO vampire drama True Blood and the serial killer show about Dexter. So, again, it appears as though he's some type of mind control slave. He was, he was in, obviously, high-level, occultic, Freemasonic, Babylonian witchcraft mystery organizations. He was obsessed with these video games, and we've done whole studies on the video games, how they affect people. And who knows what other kind of programming the guys went through. Next article. Uh, Breivik, the Norway killer, supposedly a Christian fundamentalist. Now this is from Lighthouse Trails, a Christian organization, and they uh, say, we wish to express our deepest condolences to the families and friends of the victims of the Norway shootings and bombings. I mean, amen to that. God bless them. I pray to God their, their souls be saved. 
Um, the man who supposedly committed the atrocities on Friday, July 22, 2011, in Norway is being called a, quote, Christian fundamentalist. And already stories are hitting the mainstream media, telling the world to look out for Christian fundamentalists. Uh, and again, it's okay for the Muslims to rape, pillage, kill, destroy, enslave, and all the wicked stuff they're doing all over the planet. That's all right. It's not politically correct to speak out against them. But they have to literally manufacture things to demonize Christians with. Frank Schaefer, son of theologian Francis Schaefer, has likened the Norway killer to those who oppose abortion. Now we're going to talk more about Frank Schaefer a little bit. Um, But Frank Schaefer, son of theologian Francis Schaefer, has likened the Norway killer to those who oppose abortion in his article on Saturday titled Christian Jihad, Why We Should Worry About Right-Wing Terror Attacks Like Norway in the U.S. You know, Francis Schaeffer really did a wonderful job raising this kid. Frank Schaeffer? Really, really did a great job. He has likened the Norway killer to those who oppose abortion rights. In his article on Saturday titled Christian Jihad, Why We Should Worry About Right-Wing Terror Attacks Like Norway in the U.S. This devil had the audacity to equate the two and then to write an article about it. You know, Lord Jesus Christ rebuked that devil. I mean, that is just pure evil. He said, quote, The terror unleashed on Norway is is sort of a white Christian far-right terror America can expect more of. Unbelievable. We know that many of the world will now blame Christian fundamentalism on this act in Norway. In time, escalated because of these types of violent acts driven by demonic forces. Bible-believing Christians will be told they can no longer say Jesus Christ is the only way to God. So now it will be considered a hate crime. As was in the case in the 9-11 terrorist attack in 2001, the Norway shootings will be used to further the progress of a one-world unified religion that will have no place for Bible-believing Christians. In 2006, Rick Warren helped set the tone for animosity and marginalization against Bible-believing Christians. Rick Warren, supposedly a Christian, who's more anti-Christian than anything else. Just like this, this Frank Schaefer comparing... Uh, those who abhors abortion rights with people like the Norway killer. I mean, just unbelievable. So, Rick Warren helped set the tone for animosity and marginalization against Bible-believing Christians when he stated that fundamentalism will be one of the biggest enemies of the 21st century. Rick Warren said this. Well, why? Because he's anything but a fundamentalist Christian. A fundamentalist just means a fundamentalist Christian just means you're fundamental to the faith espoused in the Word of God. To Rick Warren, that's a sin. That's how warped and pathetic the lukewarm church has become. When fundamentalism is is demonized, a fundamentalist Islamic is somebody that believes in the fundamental tenets of the Quran, and they are commanded to go and slay and kill the infidel. So the ones that are the most appear to be the most radical are just the ones being true to what the Quran tells them to do. 
The other ones that say oh, we're moderate, we're religious and peace are just being lukewarm. The true Islamic religion is that of death and murder and genocide of the Jews first and the Christians second. As the Quran commands them. And not only the Quran, but many other Islamic writings. And we've done numerous studies on Islam. Just key in Islam or Muslim in the keyword search box on contendingfortruth.com. If it's in the table of contents of, of my more recent teachings, it will show up in there. And you can scan the table of contents and go to the PDF or listen to the teaching. Um... Muslim, okay, so Rick Warren says, he stated that fundamentalism will be one of the biggest enemies of the 21st century. Muslim fundamentalism, Christian fundamentalism, Jewish fundamentalism, and secular fundamentalism, they're all motivated by fear of each other. That's what Rick Warren says. Less than a year earlier, he defined what he means by Christian fundamentalism when he spoke at a Pew Forum on religion and said, quote, Today, there really aren't that many fundamentalists left. This is Rick Warren quoting, I'm quoting, I don't know if you know that or not, but they're, they're such a minority. Well, they are, I have to kind of agree with them on that, I and mean, it's true. But pathetically and pitifully, it is true. Then he goes on to say, there aren't that many fundamentalists left in America. Now the word fundamentalist actually comes from a document in the 1920s called The Five Fundamentals of Faith, and it's very legalistic, a very narrow view of Christianity. Quote by Rick Warren, May of 2005. You know, I I could care less what he says. I just want to try to follow the word of God. And it is the narrow way. Narrow be the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. Broad is the way which which leadeth to destruction, Rick Warren, which you espouse, and many there be that go thereat. Strive to enter in at the straight gate, for narrow is the way to life eternal, and few there be that find it. So, again, yes, it is very narrow. The Bible's black and white. And he's openly basically saying, no, the narrow way's not the way. The broad way that Rick Warren teaches. You follow Rick Warren, you're going to go to hell. Rick Warren is going to take, is being used by Satan to take multitudes of people to hell. Multitudes. That's his goal on planet Earth, to see how many people he can get into hell with him. Misery loves company. That's what Rick Warren's all about. Getting people into hell in the masses. That's how Satan is working through Rick Warren. The fundamentals of the Christian faith include things like the deity of Jesus Christ, the blood atonement, the inerrancy of scripture. It is a sad day when the world, the media, and an American, uh, quote, an American pastor, think Christian fundamentalism is an enemy and a threat in the way that they mean. Uh, The Christian fundamentals are the gospel as well. One, One following these fundamentals will care about the souls of the unsaved, that they might be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. See, Rick Warren doesn't believe that. He's addressed the Muslims and, and done all, I mean, you know, many paths are going to lead to God. A true Christian fundamentalist remembers the word of Scripture. Uh, this is Second um, Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as mon- some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 2 Peter 
In truth, according to uh, 1 John, love is meant to be the motivating factor for sharing the gospel as well. Many people, when trying to discredit Christian fundamentalists, refer to the Inquisitions. But it was the Christian fundamentalists who were being murdered during the Inquisitions by the Catholic Church, not the other way around. Which is, see, this is one of the main things I just love to be lumped in with. Oh, you Christians killed people by the millions during the Inquisition. No, 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 no. Don't put me in that. My Christian brother and brothers and sisters of that time period were being murdered by the Catholic Church, which is far away from Christian, true Christian, Bible-believing Christianity, as you could get. It's a total works-based, pagan, pseudo-white witchcraft cult, is all the Catholic Church is. Babylonian religious systems co-mingled with some false veneer of Christianity. That's all the Catholic Church has ever been. And the Catholic Church, if it gets enough power, will go back to the Inquisition and start killing people just like they were back then. And they were killing Bible-believing Christians. They killed them by the millions. At least 50 million. And I love it when they lump, when these people that like get into the zeitgeist and, and the New Agers and people that want to try to discredit Christianity, they spout off at the mouth, not knowing anything, and say, oh, you Christians killed all, all these people during the Inquisition. No, it's actually the opposite way around. But they don't know what they're talking about. But it's it's they like it because they, they, they think that they've got some leg up on Christians. Because they're just repeating, parroting something that they heard. And this is a very, very common theme today. Being Bible-believing Christians lumped in with Catholics. And there's no relation between the two. They're diametrically opposed. Below is one article for further thought and consideration. And it's uh, the article is entitled, Is Christianity the Reason the World is in Trouble? by Roger Oakland. As the world continues to plunge into further darkness and despair, the emerging church leaders say it is the church's fault. The emerging church, okay, we've talked about a lot about them lately. This, this emerging church that, with this new age, contemplative, uh, satanic veneer, essentially. But the emerging church leaders are saying it's the church's fault that the world continues to plunge into darkness. Well, it kind of is. Because the church isn't doing its job for the most part. It's just abdicated. It's just walked away from the fight. It just doesn't want to risk losing its 501c3 status. It's tax-exempt status. And losing all kind of parishioners and, and having the government come down on them. They, they can't take that risk. You know? I mean, come on. I, again, I've gotten into that so many times, I'm not going to say any more about it today. The emerging church leaders say it's the church's fault, particularly that the rigid Christians who won't bend their beliefs or convictions. <laughs> yeah, it's our fault. It, it, it's fundamental Christianity's fault. Well, it's, from, it's fundamental Christianity's fault from the standpoint of there's such a small, tiny minority now. There's such a small remnant. True. There, there's just And a lot of people, even in the remnant, aren't even aware of these issues. So they don't even know to pray about them. 
While Christians certainly are not without sin, true believers are not causing the world to fall apart. It is happening for one reason alone. Man's sinful condition. We are each responsible for the sins in our own lives. The Bible is clear that the penalty for sin is death. We all, each of us, every one of us have a death sentence meted out to us apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, that is. But we are also offered a free gift of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. As Christians, God expects us to reach out to those suffering and are in need. And when the Holy Spirit dwells within a human being, he convicts and he communes with that individual. He has <clears throat> saved us from he has saved us from destruction and he desires to live in us and fellowship with us. He also compels us to live righteously and care about those less fortunate than ourselves. The world is in trouble because of sin and Jesus commissioned us as believers to go out into the world and preach the wonderful Good news of his free gift of salvation to all who cometh to him by faith. And if you want to know more about that, which is the most important thing, just go to contendingfortruth.com. There's a tab at the very top, kind of off to the right, and it says True Salvation. Just click on that and listen to those teachings in the order they're listed. Uh, Satan hates the gospel message, and he hates the messenger, the church, uh, and it is... And so is it any wonder that as this new self-deifying reformation takes place, its followers will grow increasingly hostile to those who preach the biblical gospel of Jesus Christ, those like Rick Warren and his followers. Ironically, the emerging church, who says its main goal is to help the suffering and to help eradicate the world's problems, is not pointing the world to Jesus Christ. Rather, it is rejecting the atonement, locking arms with a religion, Catholicism, that teaches we are justified by works, rather than by grace alone. Embracing mystical practices and altered states of consciousness and pulling these suffering souls further and further away from the only thing that will ever help them, which is a personal one-on-one relationship with Jesus Christ, who explains very clearly who he is. Um, John 10, 7-11 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and they might, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. So, that's uh, pertinent to this particular uh, thing that we're talking about here. Now let's go further with the um, with the art with um, the study that we're doing on the Norway shooter. A review of Breivik's fifteen hundred page manifesto shows the media's quick characterization of the Norwegian terrorist as a Christian, conservative Christian, and which is, is incorrect as to call the Oklahoma City bomber Timothy McVeigh one, who was actually a Nazi. And there's a whole lot more to that story than we were told as well. But I just don't have time to get into that today. Piercing to, piecing together Breivik's various posts on the internet, many media reports have characterized the terrorist who says he was upset over multiculturalist policies stemming from Norway's Labor Party as a, quote, right-wing Christian fundamentalist. Yet, while McVeigh rejected God altogether, Breivik writes in his manifesto that he is not religious and has doubts about God's existence and does not pray, but does assert the primary primacy of Europe's Christian culture as well as his own pagan Nordic culture. This guy wasn't a Christian. He openly admitted it. 
Here is a link to his 1,500-page manifesto, if you want to see it, but I wouldn't waste much time on it. If we head to page 1307 of this manifesto, I will quote from 3.139, part 3, 3.139, distinguishing between cultural Christendom and religious Christendom. And this is from his own manifesto. He says, quote, If you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and God, then you are a religious Christian. Myself, and many more like me, do not necessarily have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and God. We do, however, believe in Christianity as a cultural, social identity and moral platform. This makes us Christian. Oh, the world according to Breivik, or whatever his name is. There is a way which seemeth right, O no man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I love it how he just says, this makes us Christian. No, it doesn't. It makes you anything but a Christian. The man's deluded. Breivik instead hails Charles Darwin. You know, the guy that started Darwinism, evolution. Whose evolutionary theories stand in contrast to the claims of the Bible and affirms, quote, As for the church and science, it is essential that science takes an undisputed precedence over biblical teachings. Europe has always been the cradle of science. This is from his manifesto. And it must always continue to be that way. Regarding my personal relationship with God, I guess I'm not an excessively religious man. End of quote. This guy was as unsaved as you could be. Totally guided by his own moral, morally corrupt compass. You know. Again, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That's what you know is obvious here about this guy. So he says that the church, uh, it is essential that science takes an undisputed precedence over biblical teachings. Pfft, right. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. Colossians 2.8. You know. <laughs> it's, just, it's just one more guy that has invented his own religious system. Which is what tons of people do. They, they may not even be in any... Of course, his, his religious system truly was Freemasonry. I think that was his driving um, force of, as far as religion goes. Because obviously there is a veneer, this false veneer of pseudo-Christianity within the Freemasons, and it would and it would make sense that, that is, that's what guided his writings of this manifesto. Breivik adds, I went from moderately agnostic, agnostic meaning essentially the pursuit of hidden knowledge, occult hidden knowledge, I went from mildly agnostic to moderately religious. Over and over again, Breivik goes out of his way to make clear to his readers of his manifesto that he is not motivated by Christian faith. Next article. The tragic terror attacks in Norway display a number of telltale signs of a false provocation. It is reported that although the world media are attempting to focus on Breivik as the lone assassin in, in the tradition of the Lee Harvey Oswald, debacle. Many eyewitnesses agree that a second shooter was active in the massacre at, y- at Yotoya, Yotoya 
summer youth camp outside of Oslo. It has come to light that a special police unit has conducted drills. It has also come to light that a special police unit had conducted drills or exercises near the Opera House in downtown Oslo, which involved the detonation of bombs during 2010, exactly what caused the bloodshed a few hundred meters away this Friday. So there's all these really weird things going on. Second shooter was seen on the island. The government had just um, detonated bombs in 2010. I mean, way too many parallels going on here. Further research reveals that the United States intelligence agencies have been conducting a large-scale program of recruiting retired Norwegian police officers with the alleged purpose of conducting surveillance inside the country. This program, known as SIMAS, standing for Surveillance Detection Units, um, provided a perfect vehicle for the penetration and subversion of the Norwegian police by NATO. A motive for the attack is also present, as Norway was leading the smaller NATO states in dropping out of the imperialist aggressor coalition currently bombing Libya. Did you know that? That might have been the reason this all happened. Who knows? Norway was leading the smaller NATO nations in dropping out of the imperialist aggressor coalition currently bombing Libya. Norway was scheduled to stop all bombing and other sorties against the Gaddafi forces as as early as August 1st at the latest. So again, you know, there's a lot of things that you could look at here. Next article. Now what we are seeing, now that we are are several days out from the lone wolf terror attack in Norway, we can see clearly the contours of a classic false flag event. The terror attack in Norway represents a textbook example of a strategy of tension. Event designed to create a social and political chaos at precisely the moment that resistance to the financial elite and the bankers is growing exponentially. The terror, allegedly unleashed by Breivik, is being exploited by the government as it rolls out the myth of the, quote, far-right extremists who use terror and mass murder to accomplish their xenophobic goals. The event in Norway is an important signpost on the manufactured terror trajectory. It signals an evolution of the terror narrative from Al-Qaeda cave-dwelling terrorists to local terrorists who are indistinguishable from our neighbors, thus more frightening and more difficult to fight against, because it might be the Christian fundamentalist conservative next door that is the real terrorist. They're trying to build that 1984 George Orwell, rat out your neighbor, don't know who the enemy is, you better be loyal to Big Brother, atmosphere. The new terrorists are now motivated by race and nationalism. Now I'm going to play a clip here, a few minutes, that kind of gets into this a little bit further. Okay, so what we're going to hear here is a few minutes of, again, I'm gleaning, okay? It's a few minute interview of Alex Jones just recently interviewing Chuck Baldwin, okay? We're gleaning, uh, but they bring up some very interesting points that I believe will relate to this Norwegian lone shooter attack and how the implications for America as well. So let's go ahead and roll this right now. Oh, uh, Ryan, uh, that's a good question for you, Chuck. I'm sure you've seen Harry Reid call the Tea Partiers terrorists. Uh, the New York Times says that anybody who wants to get rid of the Federal Reserve is, quote, Hezbollah. They're rebranding and saying we're not worried about Al-Qaeda now. And I told folks this was coming. It's, it's particularly white males and Christians. Uh, and we've got all these White House memos about how great a terror attack would be 
uh, to help them. We have Joe Biden saying the Tea Party are terrorists. Uh, they're really trial ballooning, coming after people that understand that they are the criminals. Yeah, well, I got a little taste of that in 2008, Alex, whenever the MIAC report came out in the state of Missouri and identified myself and Ron Paul and Bob Barr by name. And, of course, you were, you were on top of all that. We, we, you, talked, you broke the story on that one. And uh, that thing became a, a major debacle, uh, an embarrassment for the law enforcement officials in the state of Missouri that later rescinded the report and dismissed the man that initiated it. But the damage was done. And ever since then, that has been continuing. The Department of Homeland Security, through their fusion centers, continues to put out this kind of uh, disinformation. Well, I was about to say, my act was just a regurgitated ADL federal report. That's exactly right, SPLC. And they continue. Uh, these reports continue. I, I promise you, everywhere you go to speak, everywhere I go to speak, uh, and there is a report that appears in the computers of the local and county law enforcement officers alerting them to the fact that we are there identifying us as extremists, et cetera. And I'm, I'm not just saying that by hearsay. I actually saw a police computer report one time when I invited Dr. Greg Dixon to come and speak to my church, a great man of God, the former pastor of Indianapolis Baptist Temple in Indianapolis, Indiana, that was seized by the IRS, the only church in America to, to do so. And uh, whenever he came to speak, uh, Deputy Sheriff let me see the uh, computer in his car, alerting him to Dr. Dixon's presence in my church. Now, that came from DHS through the Fusion Center into the local and county law Oh, yeah, that's who they're... So, it came from Department of Homeland Security into the local law enforcement... I mean, now, Dr. Greg Dixon's been a personal friend of mine for a long time. And he was the man that had the largest independent fundamental Baptist church in America, and they had to make an example of him because he had taken a stand... The problem is, is he had already been a part of the system, the whole 501c3, and, the, and then they decided to get out of it, and they self-admit self that there were some errors that they made, because it was in its infancy, and it's not easy to break free from this 501c3 system. But they run right now the Biblical Law Center, you can find them online, Biblical Law Center, Dr. Greg Dixon, Barbara Cate, and they help churches that are 501c3 break out of this system, and they're about the only ones I would refer to. There's some other ones out there. Uh, I think Swanson's one of them. I just don't believe they take it far enough. You know, I, I just, I, I, I just don't believe they take it far enough. The only organization I refer to, if you want to break free from that system, is Dr. Dixon, Barbara Cate, the biblical, the biblical law center, and you can do a keyword search and find them online. And here. He comes to speak at Chuck Baldwin's church, Dr. Greg Dixon, who has had his church. Literally, they came in, and um, Dr. Dixon, when they started this, they ended up going into the church, and they were in there for like, oh my word, I don't know how long, over a month, and essentially like a siege. And SWAT teams finally came in, raided the church, pulled all the people out of there, and bulldozed this, the largest independent fundamental Baptist church in Indianapolis, Indiana, to the ground. Um, so wherever Dr. Dixon goes to speak, these threat fusion centers and the Department of Homeland Security are notified so they can inform local law enforcement that you've got a potential terrorist in there. 
Why? Well, because anybody that would preach or teach or advocate that you're not part of the Big Brother system, you're not part of a 501c3 nonprofit corporate church controlled and created by the government, controlled by the IRS, having to abide by their guidelines, even if it contradicts the Word of God, well, then you're a terrorist if you're teaching that. Where in the Bible does it say to yoke up with the government? Where, where does it say that? How can Christ be your head, purely be your head, when Christ didn't even create your 501c3 corporate nonprofit church? The pastors, the CEO, and the board of directors are the deacons. That's how the IRS will designate it. It's, it's wrong. It's wicked. There's no Bible for it. I just don't see the, the disciples of Jesus Christ uh, doing this. <laughs> Anywhere. So anyway, I thought that that was really um, telling that you know he actually looked at this police computer and the, it, they had been notified where Dr. Dixon was going to speak at. Unbelievable. Let's go further. Watching when they get the Christmas Day underwear bomber, the government admits they got him on the plane, all stage. Amarillo Lockie hanging out secretly at the Pentagon, Fox News. But I got sent a secret report from the Army that at my events for In the Fed and Ron Paul's, they have Army there, and it says, don't let them know your Army, they'll try to kill you. I mean, they're telling the military that if you come to an In the Fed rally and we find out they're military, we're going to kill them. Pastor, like we're like we're vampires or something. Yeah, that's what it's come to. So again, that's what it has come to. That these brainwashed um, police and military are being brainwashed into thinking that Christian conservatives and people that oppose, you know, the tyranny of the government, we're going to turn around and kill them. So then you wonder why you've got so many trigger happy. Uh, police and, and military out there, and all these people are dying or be, having their heads bashed in or, or whatever. I mean, there's so many reports, you can't even keep up with them. Well, they're being brainwashed into thinking we're the enemy, particularly, you know, Tea Party, right-wing, Christian, conservative. And I'm not saying that, I, that I'm a Tea Party member or whatever. I'm saying we're being lumped in with a lot of other groups that... um you know, that they're that they're targeting at this point and being demonized. And this whole thing about Norway is just one more step in that direction. So the new terrorism arrives just in time. This is back to the article here. Uh, as large numbers of Europeans reject multiculturalism, mass immigration, and often question the inclusion of their nations into a dictatorial European Union lorded over by unelected officials who create new laws in secret and answer to international bankers and globalists, millions of Europeans are opposed to bailing out a growing number of countries. Greece soon will be followed by Portugal, Spain, Ireland, and others, hopelessly locked in the maw of debt scam perpetuated by the IMF, which is the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, and the European financial and political elite. As demonstrations across Europe in Spain, Italy, France, Portugal, Lithuania, Latvia, and Germany have shown, large numbers of Europeans oppose and denounce austerity measures cynically designed to lower living standards and decimate social norms. Nationalists Political parties standing in opposition to the banker scam, such as the True Finns in Finland and other far-right parties in Sweden, Finland, Denmark, and Netherlands represent a serious threat to the elite. 
In order to counter this growing populist movement, the globalists have manufactured the myth of far-right extremism and largely bogus and the largely bogus threat of xenophobic terror to counteract Islamic extremism and terror. Now, Islamic extremism is real. Okay, I mean, I've covered that enough. But they're the ones that seem like they get the free pass, pretty much. You know? There are binary components of the clash of civilizations paradigm designed to destroy societies and realize the order out of chaos. The motto of the 33rd degree Freemason. Freemason. Ordo ab cow. Okay? Which means order out of chaos. Which is the motto of the 33rd degree Freemason. So, again, it's this right-left type of paradigm. At the same time, government is rolling out even more draconian police state measures. Uh, for instance, in Germany, following the attack of Norway, police have called for internet users to act as informers and report web posts and comments the government considers extremist. In the United States, and especially in Britain, the police state, with its high-tech surveillance technology, is already well-developed and deployed. A top globalist minion, Satanist Henry Kissinger said during the 1992 Los Angeles riots, the elite plan to manufacture a situation where Americans beg their government to be protected. Exactly. That's the whole essence of this. Even if it means they must surrender their most cherished civil liberties. Well, the more, the, the more liberties they surrender, the better to them. You know? That, that's, that's why they're doing it. Uh, next article. U.S. military now identifies Bible believers as a threat to national security. What if, we were, what if you were told that there exists right now a document produced and approved by the U.S. Military School of Advanced Military Studies in Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, that identifies people who believe that Jesus Christ will return to Jerusalem to rule the world as one of the greatest threats to U.S. security? What if we also told you that this document has met with acceptance of the upper echelons of the military, of the U.S. military? Should you be concerned that one day people who believe this way may be removed from society because they pose a distinct threat? Is it possible that this is why they have been constructing FEMA camps? Here, here then, we present for your consideration for your consideration, our analysis of this official military document known as Strategic Implications of American Millennialism. That's the name of this. Strategic Implications of American Millennialism. This was actually dated May 22, 2008 and was presented by Major Brian L. Stukert of the U.S. Army School of Advanced Military Studies. United States Army Command and General Staff College, Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. In the report, and there's a whole, you can click on a link where you can read the whole report, but Bible believers are identified as a threat in this. And again, it goes along with this whole Norway shooter, Christian conservatives are the ones that are the terrorists, they're the ones we have to fear, they're the ones we need to really watch out for. Their analysis of this um, the people writing this article says it appears the major, the major presenting this is attempting to pit the military against a substantial section of the American civil population, civilian population. Major Stukert then claims millennial beliefs will lead America in a misguided foreign policy that will rely on the military as an instrument of power. Millennial beliefs, meaning that we believe that Jesus Christ is going to come back 
essentially after the seven-year tribulation and set up a thousand-year kingdom on earth, as the Bible talks about? Well, he believes that millennial belief will lead America to misguided foreign policy that will rely on the military as an instrument of power. When did, I mean, maybe at one time to a certain extent, but when did the Bible start you know, forming foreign policy? I mean, it, it's so asinine what this guy is saying. I'm going to read you right from this report. Um, it's page 2, paragraph 3. And it says, Military leaders and planners must recognize that to the extent that actual and potential adversaries may analyze American millennial thought, there may be significant advantages to the enemy. What? First, millennial thought and its policy implications may create strategic transparency that affords adversaries an advantage in decision-making. This is total insanity when I'm reading you. Second, an understanding of American millennial thinking may provide adversaries with the means to manipulate American policy and subsequent action. It's just like this guy's just saying stuff with no basis in fact whatsoever. Third, the enemy may exploit American millennialism to increase the fragility of and even disrupt coalitions. Fourth, adversaries may exploit American millennialism to demoralize or terrorize joint forces and the American people. By recognizing these potential vulnerabilities, military leaders and planners may take action now to mitigate the effects. What does that mean? They may take actions now? What, against the people that believe that Jesus Christ is coming back? To set up a millennial, a literal millennial thousand year reign on earth? When it's all said and done? Well, from a military standpoint, I guess the way they're looking at it is like, well, that's a threat to our military. We can't have Jesus Christ coming back because we got to be the sole power on this earth. To them, they're so warped in their thinking, evidently, he's thinking, well, this is a threat. Jesus Christ coming back is a threat. You know something? You ain't going to be able to do a thing about it. (laughs) You can't stop it. He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the First and the Last, our kinsman redeemer. You can't stop him. That's the height of insanity. But again, you know, look at Satan. When he fell, because of his beauty... And his merchandise that said he was lifted up. Said, I want to be like the Most High God. I will, you know, it's this threat. It's like, it's like these people come, become so darkened in their thinking that they think that they're going to like prevent Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe. The Bible says all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in, in John. That... that they're going to prevent Jesus Christ from fulfilling his agenda and the word of God? My word. Just the height of insanity. Ah, Unbelievable. And here I give you the, the actual cover to this military document, Strategic Implications of American Millennialism. U.S. Army, Major Brian L. Stukert, School of Advanced Military Studies. I gave you the whole thing. This is the actual cover. And you can read the whole report there. I give you the link. And I'm not going to give you all the quotes from it, because it, 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 we just don't have time today, but I'm going to give you a couple more analyses of these Christians of this report. 
The next analysis says, in the very beginning, Major Stukert opens with a direct attack on premillennialism beliefs as being dangerous to America. He frames this thesis in, in really the worst possible warning against premillennial believers. He states these beliefs create strategic hubris. I love that word, hubris. Strategic hubris, along with reckless international action. What? I mean, it's it's so insane. Like, like, ah, I've already stated the obvious. The next analysis, they say, based on the fourth the fourth point, this report must have to be this report must have to be rushed to the military leaders in the Pentagon. Remember what I said? The fourth point. Let me just read that for you again. The fourth point, and the most ominous. Fourth, adversaries may exploit American millennialism to demoralize and terrorize terrorize joint forces and the American people. And again, this is the most chilling. By recognizing these potential vulnerabilities, this is from Major Stukert's report, by recognizing these potential vulnerabilities, military leaders and planners may take action now to mitigate the effects of what? People that believe the Bible? And millennialism? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the name of the report is Strategic Implications, Implications of American Millennialism. Couldn't be any clearer. So let me go back to this. Based on the fourth point, this report must have been rushed to the military leaders in the Pentagon because of the possibility the American army could be demoralized. Oh, no. Oh, no. Anything but that. Notice action. I mean, how could that demoralize an army? I guess if you were a Satanist or a pagan or an Islamic or somebody that was just as godless as you could be, maybe it would be demoralizing. Yeah, Jesus Christ is going to come back. King of Kings, Lord of Lords, is going to set up the world, is going to come back at the Battle of Armageddon. A sharp sword proceedeth out of his mouth, which is the word of God, and devour the million-man army in Megiddo, in Armageddon. Yeah, maybe that would be demoralizing to a Satanist. I can see that. But then again, we've got Satanic Luciferians in very, very high places within our military now. So maybe, I guess, it, you know, yeah, it would be demoralizing from that standpoint. But there's nothing you can do to stop it. Not a thing. Sorry, hate to be the bearer of bad tidings. Nothing you can do about it. Man, don't that get you fired up? Golly. Based on the fourth point, this report must have been rushed to the military leaders in the Pentagon because of the possibility the American army could be demoralized. Notice, action must be taken now to mitigate the effects of millennialism. This, this is directly threatening to all Christian believers. It appears the major is attempting to pit the military against the American Christian population. See how this lines up? Which all that I just reported on just now? With the Norway shooter and all these other reports I just reported? And we're going to look at this even more. We're going to see how this, how this all uh, fits together like a piece of the puzzle. Here's the next thing. How the progressive left is queering the military. Queering, which, you know, queer meaning gay, homosexual, sodomites type of thing. It has taken them many decades of wrangling, but the pro-gay progressive left under Obama has finally gotten a toehold deep within the U.S. military. They are there to make serious and profound changes in how our military functions. They are on a seek-and-destroy mission to neutralize their enemy. Who is the enemy, you ask? It is anyone who stands in the way of the pro-gay agenda. And again, anyone that would, now we know, believe in 
the literal thousand-year reign of Christ on earth, or really any Bible-believing Christian. But anyone who stands in the way of the pro-gay agenda, but especially the Bible-believing Christians who stand for the truth of the Bible and heterosexual marriage. Soldiers who believe and uphold the truths of the Bible will be driven out as soon as they are identified. Yep, that's what's coming. Now let me just give you some Bible verses. I know I've given these before, how God feels about um, homosexuals, bisexuals, transsexuals, whatever. Romans 1, 26 and 28 says, For this cause God gave them up to vile affections. What are we talking about here? Well, we're going to find out. For even their women did change the natural use into which that is against nature, lesbians, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Gay dudes. Men with men working that which is unseemly. And receiving in themselves the Selves the recompense of air, which was meat. And that word meat means pr- proper or fitting. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, I mean, the last thing a gay lesbian person wants to do is think about the Word of God and the Holy Bible, and, you know, that's going to make them real uncomfortable. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient or fitting or apt. Who, and then jumping to, to verse 32 of Romans 1, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. This is why these homosexual devils and bisexuals are always trying to recruit other people. Because they want misery loves company, they want to bring them and drag them down into the same cesspool of filth that they're in. So they which commit such things are all worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. They're trying to get as many people into hell as they can. They're little messengers of Satan that are trying to um, do his bidding. Leviticus 18 says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Gays and lesbians, okay? Defile ye not yourself in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. So see, that's what happens when a nation turns themselves over to this garbage. He casts out those nations. He purges the land. And the land is defiled. Shedding of innocent blood and uh, homosexuality, bisexual, trans, and all these perversions of sins defiles the land. Therefore do I visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. That's what's coming to America. The land is going to vomiteth out her inhabitants. And again, that's why I believe the Bible says, pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this world and to stand before the Son of Man. goes on to say, ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments and shall not commit any of these abominations, neither any of your own nation, nor any stranger that sojourneth among you. That means that, you know what? In America, it's an abomination. It's, it's not just okay for... A Christian to be living as a Christian in God's eyes, and then all of this wickedness to be transpiring about you. I'm not saying we go out and physically, you know, try to whatever stop them, but I'm just saying in God's eyes, if the whole nation was living right and there was a population doing this stuff, it's still going to defile the land. It's a big deal in God's eyes, in other words. Um, So neither shall any of your own nation nor any stranger that sojourneth among you, for these are abominations. For these abominations have the men of the land done, 
which were before you, and the land is defiled. The land is literally cursed. Then you got all your abortion clinics going on. All that innocent blood from those babies. At least 50,000 since Roe versus Wade. Crying out, innocent blood crying out from the land. If Abel's blood cried out the land from the land, he was a grown man, and Cain slew his brother, how much more so all these little innocent babies that have been butchered and slaughtered in their own mother's womb since Roe versus Wade? I mean, that's, at least he was a grown man who could defend himself. Little baby in the womb can't defend themselves. But when you've got all these witches and warlocks who actively try, and lesbians and gay people who actively try to actually own these abortion death mills, and that's a proven fact, so that they can view these sacrifices as to Artemis, Lilith, Moloch, and Chemosh, or whatever god flavor of the week that they want to wor- sacrifice these babies to, not only are they making out monetarily from their butcher doctors they hire to man these clinics, but they're also able to serve their gods, respectively, with human sacrifices on literally a daily basis. And I did a whole teaching on this, the occult roots of abortion. You can click it in or, or um, research it on contendingfortruth.com. I mean, it's totally satanic. Abortion. The land, And then it said that the land spew not you out also. When ye defile it, as it spewed out the nations that were before you. Land, the, the land of America, and I, I know there's a lot of other places that would qualify as well, is getting ready to spew out, vomiteth out her inhabitants. Because of, of, the, of the sin. Now I'm not saying God can't protect the remnant. I'm talking about for the vast majority. And that's just, I mean... Those are just a couple things we're talking about. I think they're the most major things. The the the, the um, homosexual, bisexual, transsexual abominations and the, the child sacrifices and the abortion bills. I think those are the two main things. If you look in the Bible, those are the two main things that always brings God's most severest judgments. And there's all kind of other stuff going on as well. Luke 17, 28 through 30. Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. All the gay, defiled population of Sodom and Gomorrah, who had totally been turned over to a reprobate mind. They were all demon-possessed to the toenails. Even thus... So, likewise as it was in the days of Lot, and then I'm skipping down to verse 30, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Which is essentially the end times that we're moving into. We're very close. So we should expect this to be happening. Not to say we endorse it, but we should expect it. So then let's, now let's go to Jude 1.6 and 7. What does that say? And the angels which kept not their first estate, this is Genesis 6, but left their own habitation hath he reserved in everlasting chains under darkness under the judgment of the great day. These are the angels that fell from heaven, procreated with women, and produced the race of Nephilim giants, as it talks about in Genesis 6. Now, in the next verse, it's comparing that angels that left their first estate to Sodom and Gomorrah. Why? Because they're going after strange flesh. The angels went after human women, which they should have never done, and the, and the 
inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah were going after men, I'm sure women with women, and men after men. We know men after men. It's, 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 a, it's a parallel comparison in the Bible that it's a, a similar um, abomination in God's eyes. So even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around, about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, men with men, women with women, are set forth as an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Yeah, I guarantee you the gay people don't want to hear this. I really don't care. I could care less. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? I'm sure I am. But that's the that's what the Word of God says. So if you're mad at me, you know, your argument's not with me, it's with God. It's with the Word of God. Sorry. On December 18, 2010, the U.S. Senate voted to repeal the military laws regarding homosexuality. Starting late last summer, as it appeared... The laws were going to be revoked. Both military and civilian leaders started to make startling comments about what was going to happen when it was repealed. These comments made it clear that the hard left was going to use homosexuality to purge Christians out of the military. And there's, I got this picture in here with this article of this pink tank. I don't know how they got a tank, but they painted it pink. It's a real tank. With all these gay people, and they're, they're dressed appropriately, or I wouldn't even put it in here, but they got their gay flag, their gay rainbow flags, and they're up there, and they've got their, their gay pride shirts, and they're all, you know, got their little pink logos. I mean, it's such an abomination. Totally glorying in their shame. They were not going to allow chaplains to remain in the military who said that homosexuality was a sin. Vast sections of the American public are now in great danger as the hard left will be in control of the, of the entire United States military. This is a danger Americans never have to, fa- never had to face until now. This is going to be a real purge, just as Stalin and all the tyrants in the past purged anyone who they even suspected might be a threat to them. The tyrants would simply kill their opposition or send them to a forced re-education camp. The American purge is going to most likely be more subtle, at least at the beginning. Anyone in the military who speaks out will be court-martialed, demoted, harassed, or whatever way possible forced to resign. They want to make sure that the military is is defiled as possible, in other words, so that they have this reprobate army at their command that will have no problem doing whatever they're told to do. The military will be purged of anyone from private to general who will not go along with the hard left agenda. The military that remains will be morally beaten down and with soldiers that are godless, thus leaving the military without a soul. These will be the type of soldiers who will do whatever they are told. These are the type of soldiers who could be used against the American people. Please do not think that the hard left would not use the American military against its people. The left hates Christians with a passion that is only matched that the Nazis hate hatred toward the Jews. They hate and despise Christians for standing against abortion and homosexuality, which are the two main issues I just mentioned. They hate anyone who is in any way associated with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can see this hatred on college campuses and the political left in the media. Now they are going to be in control of the U.S. military with all of its power. Top general, this top general calls for soldier bigots. Calls Christian soldiers bigots. Now this is a quote from Lieutenant General Bostic. I, I've, I've read this quote before, but I want to read it to you again. This is in regard to this whole thing about this whole don't ask, don't tell, indoctrination of the gays in the military. Good old Lieutenant General Bostic says, quote, Those serving who oppose the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgendered agenda are no longer welcome essentially in the armed services. 
Uh, going further, he says, unfortunately, we have a minority of service members who still are racist and bigoted, and you will never be able to get rid of all of them, end of quote. <laughs> Unbelievable. Quote, but these people opposing this new policy will need to get with the program, and if they can't, they need to get out. No matter how much training and education of those in opposition, you're always going to have those that oppose this on a moral and religious grounds, just like you still have racists today. I love it how we're lumped in with racists because we don't line up with this devil general's satanic interpretation of morality. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuked that devil. This is the military that the Obama regime wants. Look at how bold this general is to speak out. He has no fear whatsoever of any repercussions for what he says. Fruit. Granted, I'm not going to just all blame it on Obama, but it is literally fruit of this satanic administration that we have right now. So I'm going to go ahead and end part two there, and we'll go to part uh, three next.